the Dark Horse Podcast will provide you with the methods and mindset to achieve your goals both inside the gym and out. This is your source for non-biased, accurate, and actionable information and tips surrounding fitness, nutrition, and ways to stay disciplined. I'll help you cut through the noise of the fitness industry and get straight to what you need to excel and grow. All right, all right, all right. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Dark Horse Podcast. My name's Brandon. I will be your host today. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about four different things that you can do to scale your workout or to just change it up a little bit, right? Maybe you're you're tired of doing the same old thing. You've been doing the same thing for a while. You, the monotony is starting to get to you, and you really just need something to vary your training a little bit. Um, what I'm going to go over today is also going to be very helpful in scaling your workout as well. So if you're looking to make things a little bit more difficult, uh, I've got some some techniques and some strategies that you can use for that. Okay, before we get started, um, I'm going <laughs> to politely omit two um, two things you can do. So look, I, I don't really think you guys need me to come on here and say, oh, you can just add more weight to the bar. That's one way naturally, right? Like we can't, I'm pretty sure we all kind of get that. You can, add, you can always add more weight to the bar and you can always do more reps, right? That should go without saying. That's two ways you can definitively increase the demand of the workout. But the things I'm going to go over today are a little bit different. It's, it's talking about things you can do as far as structuring the workout and also some things you can do before or after your main lift. So let's get right into this. Let's let's get started. The first thing you can do, uh, number one, is the most often overlooked training variable on the planet, uh, I believe, and that's going to be your rest periods. Okay, learn how to manipulate your rest periods. So right now... <clears throat> If you're currently taking whatever whatever you're taking, 60, 90, two minutes between your sets, you could either shorten the rest period. Obviously, obviously, we know we can do that. You can shorten or lengthen the rest period. The other thing you can do, though, is put the rest period somewhere else in the workout. So let's say you're doing the quintessential <laughs> three sets of 12 or four sets of 10, right? Or, or even, even if you're doing like a five by five or something. Instead of hitting your reps and then taking your rest, why don't you hit your reps, then hit maybe some sort of a core exercise, and then hit some sort of a um, supplementary lift, or well, not a supplementary lift, hit some sort of corrective, right? So let's let's take a squat, all right? So I'm going to use a squat as an example for all of the things that I'm about to go over, all right? So let's say I'm doing a five by five on a squat. I hit my five reps and that's when I typically take my rest. Instead of doing that, after I hit my five reps, um, let's say I hit maybe a weighted plank or I hit, uh, you know, a leg raise or just, it just, a pull down abs, right? Any kind, any type of core exercise. After that, I'll hit a 90, 90 stretch or I'll do like some hip hurdles or I'll do some sort of mobility drill for my hips, Right. After I did that, then I could take my rest period, right? So instead of doing straight sets and taking rest after every single set of your main lift, just plug the rest period in somewhere else, right? Add in a couple of extra exercises. And quick quick uh, little note about this. Uh, if you think that adding in a corrective or a mobility drill or even a core exercise after your main lift, if you think that's going to quote unquote weaken you or take away from your strength, uh, you you don't have a strength issue. You're just out of shape. Okay, it's it's not going to do that. No no one, <laughs> no 
no, no one's ever missed a squat because they did a mobility drill. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's probably not, that's, that's probably not the reason. Okay. So, so with the first variable being the rest periods, we know we can either shorten or lengthen them. And now we know we can simply plug them in somewhere else, right? So add in a couple of correctives and things like that. I wouldn't add in any exercise that is definitely going to take away, right? So going with my squat example, I would not hit my squats and then hit my core and then hit like leg extensions or leg curls, right? I wouldn't do that. Um, I would hit some, again, a mobility drill, something with the upper back, maybe, you know, you could do a corrective for that band pull aparts, even lat pull downs or something. Uh, <clears throat> so just kind of plug and play with the rest periods, add in a couple of exercises that will not detract from your main lift and you can manip manipulate your rest periods in that way. So, okay. So that's number one rest periods, manipulate them ever how you want, shorten them, lengthen them, move them somewhere else. Number two is going to be a brutal, brutal way to train if you're not currently using these. And that is going to be implementing tempo work. And when I say tempo work, I'm referring to the amount of time it takes you to complete one rep. All right. So uh, trainers and coaches know exactly what I'm talking about here. So again, going with a squat, right? If I step in, I unrack, step out, I get my feet set. I, I breathe and brace, get my brace set. Instead of me dropping down and standing up, maybe I manipulate some tempos here, right? Maybe I take three seconds or five seconds to get to the bottom of that squat and then I stand up, right? Um, <clears throat> maybe I take three or five seconds at the bottom, right? A pause squat. Maybe I take three to five seconds standing up with the bar. And I'm, I'm talking about an actual three to five seconds, okay? One, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, right? That's three seconds. One, two, three is not three seconds, okay? So stay disciplined. Try to get a running clock somewhere near you. I'm sure everyone's got a phone or a watch, Use that to keep you honest in your tempos. Also, don't forget, you can plug and play and mix and match with these tempos. So what I mean is instead of thinking, you know, only going three seconds down or only three seconds at the bottom or only three seconds up, you can actually manipulate that as well, ever how you want. So you can do uh, what's referred to as a nine second rep, right? Where you take three seconds, you do all of them. Basically, you take three seconds to come th to come down. You take three seconds in the bottom and then you take three seconds standing up with the bar. <laughs> if you've never done these, I highly encourage you to give them a shot. It can be quite humbling as to how little weight it's going to take to make you feel the effects of, of the uh, exercise of the squat. Um, the other thing you can do is you can plug and play with the tempos within one set uh, I'm not going to take credit for this. This I got this from uh, Smitty Diesel, right? James Smith, shout out to CPPS coaches. Uh, I learned this from him. So he will do what's called an ITC. And again, he developed this. I did not. I'm not trying to take credit for his work. I'm just I'm trying to get people aware of it because it's, it's a very, very good way to train. So what he would do is if he's doing, let's say, a set of nine or 10 reps, right? He'll do the first couple of reps with a three second lowering right? The next couple of reps he'll do with a, with a normal lowering, but a three seconds at the bottom. Okay. And then the, the last few reps, he'll do normal cadence coming down, normal, you know, cadence at the bottom, but coming up, he'll take his full three seconds, right? And he calls those ITCs or intraset tempo changes. 
You don't have to know all the jargon or, or, or anything like that, but just understand your tempo can be manipulated to whatever you want it to be. So if you're someone who's weak driving out of the hole of a squat, I would highly encourage you to incorporate pause squats, meaning you pause at the bottom of that hole because what that at the bottom of, of your squat, because what that's going to do is that is going to create brutal strength driving up out of your squat. So you won't be able to, when you hit a pause squat, you will not be able to rely on the stretch reflex, which is commonly helpful in getting out of the bottom of your squat. So if you are using, if you are used to generating force from a static position, meaning from a pause, that will make you incredibly strong in the bottom of that squat, because you're going to be so used to holding that you're not even going to have to think about it. Okay. So uh, again, I, I got kind of off on a sidebar there, but so Understand what tempos are, right? Tempos are simply the amount of time it takes us to complete a rep of any given exercise. I'm, I'm using a squat as an example, but you can do this with any exercise, right? So you can manipulate the lowering of the weight. You can manipulate the time you spend at the bottom of the rep, and you can manipulate the time it takes you to get out of the bottom of the rep, right? The, the On the way up, so to speak, right? Commonly known as the concentric for all the coaches and trainers, but so understand you can manipulate tempos ever how you want to make it incredibly difficult for you to use. Last uh last little note on about tempos. If you are currently kind of maybe beat up or banged up a little bit, right? Maybe I, I don't want to call it an, a full-on injury, but if you got, you know, some mileage on your joints or for whatever reason, you know, you tweaked something or, or anything like that, tempo work is a phenomenal way to make light weights feel heavy and they will feel incredibly heavy again if you're staying disciplined and honest on the clock right so again if you're somebody that's kind of you know beat up at the moment tempo work is a great way to make you feel like you're lifting very very heavy without having to put you know more plates on the bar okay so we've got manipulating rest periods number one number two we've got um, manipulating your tempos so Number three is going to kind of be a, it's going to be kind of an A, B thing. So A is going to be, you can perform a something to pre-fatigue whatever muscle group you're trying to work. Okay. And then B is going to be a drop set. Okay. So with number three, we've got A, which is a pre-fatigue, and I'm going to go over that in a moment. And then you've got B, which is a drop set. So with three A, with a pre-fatigue, again, taking my squat example, maybe I'll do body weight squats, right? Maybe I'll hit, it doesn't really matter guys, ever how many body weight squats you want to hit to pre-fatigue your legs before you get under the bar. Okay. This is a great way to really, excuse me. This is a great way to really, really test your work capacity, right? And your over, just your overall conditioning. Everybody likes to think they're strong and everybody likes to think they're in shape. But if you really want to find out, Either of these methods, 3A or 3B, um, a pre-fatigue or a drop set, is a great way to kind of test that, okay? So a pre-fatigue, again, going with my squat example, maybe I'll hit bodyweight squats, maybe I'll hit uh, some dumbbell, you know, uh, reverse lunges, I could hit Bulgarian split squats, it doesn't really matter. I mean, any any leg-specific exercise, hit that first, and then get under that bar for those squats. And again, you might be humbled here, you might have to drop some weight, but... That will make that 
feel incredibly, incredibly difficult. Again, if you're doing it correctly. All right. So going with my squat example, I just named off a few exercises you could do before you could do box jumps. Um, you could even run a sprint. Honestly, a sprint is a great thing to do, but, and and I know not everybody may have room for that, but again, I'm just throwing out examples. Uh, A sprint before you squat is a great, great way, um, to test your max outputs. So that's three, a right. A pre fatigue, right? Find some way to fatigue the mu- the main muscle group you're trying to hit with your main exercise. Okay. So for, again, for today's example, a squat, I listed a couple exercises, a really good way to do this with upper body is to hit push ups and then hit a bench press with a bent. The reason this is so great. And I'm after this, I'm done with the, with the pre fatigue. The reason this is such a great uh, thing to do is because with a bench press, you're going to pin your shoulder blades to the bench, right? They're going to be kind of static. They're going to be drawn in. You're going to have massive tension through your upper back. You're going to be digging your traps into the, that bench pad. If you're going to bench properly, of course. So with push-ups, the reason push-ups complement bench pressing so well is because during a push-up, your scapula, your shoulder blades are actually that they should be anyway, moving and gliding over the back of your rib cage. So this is a great thing to do because one, just for overall shoulder health, right? You don't want, you don't want to have your scapula pinned, you know, over and over again all the time, whenever you're doing a press that if you're going to bench press, that is absolutely the correct way to press. I'm simply saying in terms of just overall shoulder health and longevity, you really need to throw in some push-ups during your pressing days just to get those shoulder blades moving and just to ensure just again, proper overall structural integrity of the shoulder. Okay. All right. So that's pre-fatigue, right? Find some way to directly fatigue the main muscle group you're trying to hit with your main lift and then go hit your main lift immediately after. So that's 3A pre-fatigue. 3B is going to be a drop set. So again, with my squat example, let's say I'm doing, I mean, I don't know, whatever number you want to put on it, 315 for five. All right. And I hit 315 for five reps on my lat. And you could do this every set if you wanted to, uh, if you really, <laughs> if you really want to put yourself through the ringer. But <clears throat> so let's say on my last set, I hit my three, my, my five reps. I rack the bar. I immediately remove two plates, right? That's going to drop it at 135. And then I'm going to hit as many reps as I can at 135, right? You can vary this. You don't have to pull two plates off. You could do one plate. You could do whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, a general rule of thumb is at least, at least cut the weight in half, right? If you want to take off more than that, that's fine as well, but at least cut the weight in half. Okay. Um, for an upper body, j- just a random example for an upper body exercise, uh, good old bicep curls. <laughs> Everyone knows bicep curls. Say I'm hitting, you know, ever ha- we'll say 10 reps with forties. I don't know, whatever. Uh, after I hit my 10 reps, I would drop the forties and then I would pick up twenties at least, and then hit as many reps as I could to failure. Right. Uh, going with my squat example from earlier, again, three fifteen on a bar, hit my five, well, whatever the weights and whatever the reps are you're doing guys. This is just an example hit your reps, <clears throat> strip at least half the weight off, and then go as many reps as you can until you cannot complete any more. Again, a very, very brutal way to do it, but it is very effective and it is very, very challenging mentally. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't know what's going on with my voice. It's very, very challenging mentally because you're already tired and the fact that you know you got to get as many reps as you can until you can't get any more, uh, that does... <laughs> 
<laughs> that is a very good test of your of your your fortitude. Okay, so that's number three, right? Three A is a pre fatigue, and then three B is performing a drop set on your last set of your main lift, or you could, I mean, you could do it on every set if you wanted to. Okay. All right. So number four is going to be something again, I learned from CPPS change the position of the load. All right. So again, going with my squat example, if, if I'm doing, when I do squats, if I only ever do back squats with a barbell, a straight bar, if that's the only squat I ever do, um, in my opinion, that's not a very optimal way to train. It's not even very intelligent. Uh, and if you're looking to switch things up, just change the position of the load, right? So this this could be, a, you can do this a, a lot of different ways. <clears throat> Instead of doing back squats, hit some front squats, right? Front squats just make you better at life. They're incredibly hard. That's why no one does them, even though I think everyone should be doing them. Um, front squats are great. They hit the quads a little bit harder. And they allow you to have a more upright torso or a more upright spine, which a common problem with squatting is low back pain. So it kind of takes a lot of that out of the equation. They are incredibly demanding, though, and I think that's why people don't want to do them. Uh, but again, guys, if you, I mean, you either want to get better or you don't, you know, I mean, you <laughs> if you only ever do what you're good at, uh, <clears throat> you'll have a very limited capacity during your life. So. Change the position of the load, okay? If I'm back squatting all the time, I can front squat. If you have access to specialty bars, then you can use an SSB. You can use a giant camber bar. You can use a Yukon bar or a Buffalo bar. Uh, I mean, it just position the weight in a different place, right? So if you're back squatting, if you have specialty bars, try to rotate those in every now and again. And if you don't, if you're working out in some commercial gym that does not allow that or they don't have them or whatever, or if you're working out at home, you just don't have specialty bars, instead of back squatting all the time, hit some front squats. Hit some Zercher squats. Zercher squats are phenomenal. All right. Um, if you don't know what a Zercher squat is, just Google it, YouTube it. There's lo- there's tons of videos showing it, guys. I'm not even going to, you know, I'm, there's already great videos out there, better videos than I could shoot or, or narrate. So, uh, just look those up. Zercher squats, front squats, uh, as opposed to just a just a straight bar back squat all of the time. There's nothing wrong with straight bar back squatting. I'm just saying you need to rotate some different things in to get a different stimulus to the muscles, create some different adaptations, and just get out of the training boredom that you may currently be in. Okay, so that's it. That does it. So we've got number one, a quick, quick recap. Number one, we're going to manipulate our rest intervals a little bit, right? We can either move them to a different place after some correctives or after some core work. Uh, We can shorten them or lengthen them. That's number one. Number two is going to be tempo work, right? So tempo work is brutal. Manipulate the time it takes you to complete one rep. Number three is going to be uh, two parts. Three A is a pre-fatigue technique. Find some way to directly attack the muscle group you're trying to work with your main mover. And 3B is going to be a drop set, meaning on the last set or every set if you prefer, it'll take at least half of the load off and then hit as many reps as you can until technical failure. And then uh, strategy, number, strategy number four is going to be change the position of the load. All right, so find a different way to load. So it's still the same overall general movement, <clears throat> but where the weight is positioned is different. That's what I mean by that. 
All right. So <clears throat> I got to get some water or something. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Episode number eight in the books. I appreciate your time. There's lots of podcasts out there. And the fact that you chose to listen to mine is incredibly humbling. I really appreciate it. If you have any questions about anything, please, please hit me up. I'm on social media, darkhorse.performance, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, darkhorse.performance, Facebook at be a dark horse, or you can email me darkhorseperformance at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be a dark horse.